ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد So in Kitab al-Tawheed, we are on Babu Shafa'ah, the chapter regarding intercession, and we did the first session on this chapter last time, where we did an introduction regarding what a Shafa'ah is, and mentioned the types of affirmed Shafa'ah, which will occur on the Day of Judgment, So today we'll go into this actual chapter itself. So who wants to read first? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Qalu musannifu rahimahullah. Babu shafa'a. Qalu Allahi ta'ala. Wa anzir bihi al-lazina yakhafuna. Hain yuhsharu ila rabbihim. ليس لكم من دونه ولي ولا شفيع وقوله قل لله الشفاعة جميعا وقوله من ذا الذي يشفع عنده إلا بإذنه وقوله وكم من ملك في السماوات لا تغني شفاعتهم شيئا إلا من بعد أن يأذن الله لمن يشاء ويرضى وقوله قل ادعوا الذين زعمتم من دون الله لا يملكون مثقال ذرة في السماوات ولا في الأرض وما لهم فيهما من شرك وما له منه من ظهير ولا تنفع الشفاعة عنده إلا لمن أذن له الآية قال أبو الأباس نفى الله عما سواه كل ما يتألق به المشركون فنفى أن يكون لغيره ملك أو قسط منه أو يكون عونا لله ولم يبقى إلا الشفاعة فبين أنها لا تنفع إلا لمن أذن له الرب كما قال ولا يشفعون إلا لمن ارتضى فهذه الشفاعة التي يظنها المشركون هي المنتفية يوم القيامة كما نفاه القرآن وأخبر النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه يأتي فيسجد لربه ويحمده لا يبدأ بالشفاعة أولا ثم يقال له ارفع رأسك وقل يسمع وسل تؤطى واشفع تشفع وقال له أبو هريرة من أسعد الناس بشفاعتك يوم القيامة قال من قال لا إله إلا الله خالصا من قلبه فتلك الشفاعة لأهل الإخلاص بإذن الله ولا تكون لمن أشرك بالله وحقيقته أن الله سبحانه هو الذي يتفضل على أهل الإخلاص فيغفر لهم بواسطة دعاء من أذن له أن يشفع ليكرمه وينال المقام المحمود فالشفاعة التي نفاه القرآن ما كان فيها شرك ولهذا أثبت الشفاعة بإذنه في مواضع 
وقد بين النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنها لا تكون إلا لأهل التوكيد والإخلاص انتهى كلامه So in this chapter then, Sheikh Al-Fawzan, Hafizahullah Ta'ala begins by giving the definition of what a shafa'ah is. And we mentioned that last time. So why is a shafa'ah known by this name in the Arabic language? What is it derived from and what's the meaning of it? So the shafa'ah, in the Arabic language, the derivation of it is the opposite of odd. You have odd numbers and you have even numbers. Shafa'a is derived from the meaning of even. Because when one person intermediates, one person intercedes on behalf of another one, they have now become a pair. The person originally was by himself and he had some need. Somebody else came to intercede on his behalf with someone else. So when this other person came to intercede for this first one, now the two of them together have become a pair. They have become an even number. So that's the derivation of the word ashafa'ah in the Arabic language, that it is the opposite of being an odd number, you are now an even number. Somebody is with you, interceding, and being the intermediary for you, along with or to another person. So then the Shaykh, he mentions the point of this particular chapter, مراد المصنف رحمه الله من هذا الباب أنه لما كان المشركون قديما وحديثا يعبدون من دون الله الأصنام والأشجار والأحجار والقبور والأضرحة والأولياء والصالحين والملائكة والأنبياء فَإِذَا أَنْكَرَ عَلَيْهِمْ ذَلِكَ قَالُوا هَؤُلَاءِ شُفَعَاءُنَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ نَحْنُ نَعْلَمُ أَنَّهُمْ مَخْلُوقُونَ وَأَنَّ الْأَمْرَ بِيَدِ اللَّهِ وَلَكِنْ هَؤُلَاءِ لَهُمْ مَكَانَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ وَنُرِيدُ مِنْهُمْ أَنْ يَشْفَعُوا لَنَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ The purpose of this chapter in Kitab Al-Tawheed the chapter regarding intercession is because it was known regarding the mushrikun that they would worship others besides Allah. They would worship the idols, the statues, the trees, the stones, the graves, the shrines, the awliya, the righteous, the angels, the prophets, they would worship all of those others besides Allah. They would do ibadah, all different types and forms of ibadah to all of those others besides Allah. But when it was rejected upon them and they were rebuked for all of that worship of others besides Allah, 
they would say, but these others are only our intercessors with Allah. They will try to justify their actions, justify their ibadah of others besides Allah by saying, but, but these are only our intercessors. As though to say that ultimately we are calling upon Allah, these are only our intermediaries. We know that they are created. They are not the creators. We know they are only created. And we know that the control of the affair returns back to Allah. But these others, they have rank and station with Allah. So they are only the middlemen for us with Allah. So that was a type of justification they were giving to claim that their ibadah of these others besides Allah was not, in their claim it was not shirk. They were saying these are just intercessors, intermediaries for us to Allah. We know they don't create, we know they don't control anything, they are just interceding for us with Allah. And in the other ayat, مَا نَعْبُدُهُمْ They would say, we do not worship them, except that they are bringing us closer to Allah. So it's as though they were trying to frame their worship of all of these other so-called deities of theirs in a way that suggested it wasn't shirk what they were doing because all they wanted from them was intercession to Allah ultimately, as though their worship was ultimately for Allah. And yet we know that this action of theirs in taking all of these other items as intermediaries was shirk. It was shirk. And their justification was incorrect. فَيَذْبَحُونَ لِلْأَوْلِيَاءِ وَالصَّالِحِينَ وَالْأَشْجَارِ وَالْأَحْجَارِ وَيَسْتَغِيثُونَ بِهِمْ وَيَصْرِفُونَ لَهُمْ أَنْوَاعِ الْعِبَادَةِ So they used to slaughter, to sacrifice for these awliya, and for these righteous ones, and for the trees, and for the stones. And they used to seek the assistance and aid from them. And they used to give them all types of worship. And when they are rebuked for doing so, they would say, غَرَضُونَا مِنْ ذَلِكَ هُوَ الشَّفَاعَ فَقَطْ They would say, but our intent or objective from this, it's only intercession to Allah ultimately. It's not about them. As though to say, you can't say we're committing shirk. فَبَيَّنَ اللَّهُ أَنَّ ذَلِكَ هُوَ الشِّرْكِ but then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clarified clearly that this action itself is shirk. وَأَنَّ تِلْكَ هِيَ عِبَادَةُ غَيْرِ اللَّهِ And that this action of theirs, it constitutes worship of other than Allah. 
And it's amazing, this exact justification that the mushrikun were giving in those times, it is the exact same justification you hear today. Exactly like this from those who go to the graves, who call upon the dead and seek intercession and shafa'a, they will say to you, but we are sinners. And I've heard this myself from some of them. We are sinners. We have no station and rank with Allah. We are lowly in front of Allah. Sinners and wrongdoers. And we are so small in our worship and obedience. And we have no station and no honor or or no rank with Allah. But these righteous people who we go to, they were awliya, this was Mawlana. These people had respect and status with Allah. So we're just asking them to take our dua to Allah on our behalf. Because if they take our dua to Allah for us, if they go and make that dua for us, they, with their station and rank, awliya, Mawlana, there's more chance of our dua than being answered as opposed to me miskeen sinner making dua compared to this maulana it's better that he takes the dua for me that's what they say and that is almost exactly word for word the type of justification that the mushrikun used and they were rebuked for it as an act of shirk seeking that the dead take your dua to allah for you that the dead are going to intercede for you and we've already gone through multiple evidences in the previous chapters regarding how the dead do not even hear you. And even if they did, they would not be able to reply to you till Yawmul Qiyamah itself. So here, the mushrikun, this is what they used to claim. And so Allah said in the Quran, وَيَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ ما لا يضرهم ولا ينفعهم ويقولون هؤلاء شفعاؤنا عند الله that they worship besides Allah that which does not harm them nor benefit them so Allah clarifies these others that they are worshiping clearly do not have any they have nothing. They cannot harm them. They cannot benefit them. They are nothing. And they go and worship them still. And then they say, These are our intercessors with Allah. So they would say, وَلَكِنَّنَا فَعَلْنَ ذَلِكَ مِنْ أَجْلِ أَنْ يَشْفَعُوا لَنَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ لِأَنَّ لَهُمْ مَكَانَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ So they say, we know that these people or these things are created and that they do not have control over the affairs. But we only go to them and do that seeking intercession via them to Allah because they have rank and station as they believe. And maybe they do, maybe they are awliya, maybe they do go to the graves of the righteous, but regardless, it is still 
a justification that is incorrect, and Allah declared that action of theirs to be shirk. And Allah mentioned also in other ayat, وَالَّذِينَ اتَّخَذُوا مِن دُونِهِ أَوْلِيَاءِ And those who took besides him awliya. And then they say, مَا نَعْبُدُهُمْ اِعْتَرَفُوا أَنَّهُمْ يَعْبُدُونَهُمْ They took these others besides Allah. And then they acknowledged. Allah tells us in the Qur'an, they themselves acknowledged that they are worshipping them. مَا نَعْبُدُهُمْ إِلَّا لِيُقَرِّبُونَ إِلَى اللَّهِ زُلْفًا that we do not worship them except that they would bring us closer to Allah. So they are acknowledging and affirming that they are worshipping others besides Allah, but then trying to justify why they are doing that, to try and exclude it from shirk. And Allah has informed us it is not excluded from shirk. And it's mentioned then when Allah says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَهْدِي مَنْ هُوَ كَاذِبٌ كَفَّارٌ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not guide the one who is كَاذِبٌ كَفَّارٌ سَمَّ فِعْلَهُمْ هَذَا كَذِبًا وَسَمَّاهُ كُفْرًا وَلَمْ تَنْفَعُهُمْ اِعْتِذَارَاتُهُمْ So Allah termed their actions, what they were doing as كَذِب and as كُفْر and their justifications and excuses did not benefit them. ذَلِكَ لِأَنَّهُمْ قَاسُوا الْخَالِقِ عَلَى مُلُوكِ الدُّنْيَا And one of the reasons now why their justification is incorrect, because to a commoner, a person who doesn't understand, if that line of argument was brought to them, and the person said to the commoner, you and me, we barely even, barely just managed to pray our five prayers every day. You and me, you know what we get up to and the sins that we do. You and me, we're masakin. How is our dua going to be answered? But if you come with me to the grave of the Mawlana, you remember the Mawlana who passed away recently? How great a man he was. If we go to his grave, and we don't believe he is Allah, or he's the creator, or he controls anything, but he was the Mawlana. If we go and ask him to take our dua to Allah, then surely that has more chance of it being answered if the dua goes to Allah from him than you and me. So the commoner may stand there thinking, maybe he's got a point. Go to the Mawlana, ask him to take your dua to Allah for you. You'll have more chance of it being answered. But what is the refutation of that? As Shaykh Al-Fawzan mentions here, the problem with that line of thinking is that you in your mind are making a comparison between Allah and the creation or the kings in creation. And that is because كَمَا أَنَّهُمْ مِنْ عَادَتِهِمْ عِنْدَ مُلُوكِ الدُّنْيَا أَنَّهُمْ يُوَسِّطُونَ شُفَعًا بَيْنَهُمْ وَبَيْنَ الْمُلُوكِ فِي قَضَاءِ حَوَائِجِهِمْ In this world, 
When you have the kings, the leaders, the presidents, the big people, a common individual may not have access, or even if they did, it would be better for them to have someone with them who knows and has some station and rank with that leader. More possibility of getting what you want. You yourself going, you're like thousands of others going to that king. But if you go with someone the king knows, then you've got more chance of your particular request going forward or being answered if someone is interceding for you or inter, uh, being the intermediary for you with that king. اتخذوا عند الله شفاعا كما يتخذون عند الملوك والرؤساء وهذا باطل لأنه تسوية بين الخالق والمخلوق فإن ملوك الدنيا أو سلاطين الدنيا أو رؤساء الناس في الدنيا يقبلون الشفاعة لحاجتهم إلى ذلك وذلك لأن الملك أو الرئيس بحاجة إلى الوزراء والمستشارين ليعينوه على أمور الملك this comparison in their mind that they made when they thought to themselves in this world we can't just get direct access to the king to the president to the ruler you have to go through the secretary you have to go through his office you have to go through various channels to get to the king and to get to the ruler in this world the kings and the rulers are in need of that system. Because the king of a country cannot possibly be expected, the ruler of the country, to sit there and allow meetings with every single citizen of his kingship, of his kingdom, millions perhaps, impossible. So there is a need for a system where there are wuzara, there are ministers, there are people who he appoints in areas and regions and the people with their requests go to that wazir, to that minister, to that individual who is appointed as a deputy. He then brings the requests to the king or to the leader. That type of system in the creation is needed. Because the king does not have the ability to see to the needs of every citizen personally. That is due to his and the weakness of creation. In creation, that is a weakness we have. The king, the leader, impossible for him to see to the needs of every citizen under his rule personally. He needs ministers wuzara. Whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of course, is not in need of any helpers, is not in need of any deputies, any wuzara. Rather, Allah hears the dua of every individual who calls upon Him in every language, at every time. Nothing is hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in fact, it would be attributing a deficiency to Allah if you thought that your dua needs to go via someone to get to Allah. In this world, yes, that's how it works because of our weakness. But to Allah, for you to think you need an intermediary to get your dua to Allah, for Allah to hear that dua, for Allah to answer that dua, 
then that is attributing a weakness to Allah. And it's a weakness and a deficiency in your understanding of the affairs. And you're comparing the creator to creation, essentially, if you do that. وَأَيْضًا مُلُوكُ الدُّنْيَا وَالصَّلَاطِينَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ أَحْوَالَ الرَّعِيَّةِ فَهُمْ بِحَاجَةِ إِلَى هَؤُلَاءِ لِيَبْلُغُوا حَاجَاتِ لِيُبَلِّغُوا حَاجَاتِ النَّاسِ وَأَحْوَالَ النَّاسِ The other thing as well, a king in this world, he cannot possibly be expected to know the circumstances of all and every one of his citizens. He doesn't have knowledge of the unseen. Whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of course, knows every single thing about every single person. So in creation, the king needs the help from his ministers and deputies to tell him what's going on in this region in his country, what's going on in that region in his country, how the people, how's the employment here, how's things going there. He needs that because of the weakness of creation and our lack of knowledge of the affairs. Whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of course, is not in need of any of that. So the justification of the mushrikun in claiming that they need intermediaries to get to Allah, and that these intermediaries have rank and station, and therefore their dua has more chance of being answered, is a false type of analogy they've made with creation. And it is a false justification because rather Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the dua of every person. Directly every individual in any language at any time and is not in need of anyone to bring that to him. Then after that, a Shaykh al-Fawzan goes into explaining the details of the shafa'a that is affirmed and correct and the shafa'a that is incorrect and impermissible and we mentioned that already last week. So somebody tell us what were the conditions for the shafa'a to be accepted and affirmed. No, no, the conditions for the shafa'a to be affirmed and accepted and good. Remember there were three conditions and we said sometimes the scholars summarize them into two conditions. So Allah is pleased with the one making the intercession and with the one who it's being made for. That can be one condition or two. And the other one then is the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we're going to see that in all of the evidences coming up. And then the negated shafa'a would basically just be any shafa'a that is missing any of those conditions, any shafa'a that is missing any of those conditions, so it is being sought from other than Allah, for example, or it is being sought without the permission of Allah, or being sought for the mushrik, etc. Those kinds of things are all opposing the conditions for the validity of shafa'a, therefore it becomes invalid shafa'a. And then the shaykh mentions uh, the examples we already went through last time regarding the Day of Judgment and the different types of shafa'a that occur on that day, certain types that are specific 
to the Prophet ﷺ and certain types that are general. And the believers will make intercession on that day and the children will make intercession on that day and the angels will make intercession on that day. The prophets and messengers will make intercession on that day. General forms of intercession. But then there were the examples we gave last week of the specific types on that day where only the messenger can make them. So now then we come to the first evidence in this chapter. وَقَوْلِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى وَأَنذِرْ بِهِ أَلَّذِينَ يَخَافُونَ أَنْ يُحْشَرُوا إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ لَيْسَ لَهُمْ مِنْ دُونِهِ وَلِيٌّ وَلَا شَفِيعٌ In this ayah then, يَقُول وَأَنذِرْ بِهِ And warn them with it. وَأَنذِرْ بِهِ And warn them with it. What is the it? وَأَنذِرْ بِهِ Warn, give the warnings. Make them aware, make them alert. Give them the warning via it, with it. What is the it? Huh? The Quran, وَأَنذِرْ بِهِ The, the Dhamir here is talking about the Quran itself. Warn them with the Quran. وَأَنذِرْ بِهِ الْإِنذَارِ هُوَ الْإِعْلَامُ بِشَيْءٍ مَخُوفٍ إِنذَارِ is to make somebody alert, to make them aware of something fearful or something that uh, 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 would be fearful to you. In other words, to warn someone about something. Al-Indhar. وَأَمَّا الْبَشَارَ And the opposite of that is giving glad tidings. You give glad tidings where you make someone aware of something good. And you do the Indhar where you make someone aware of something that is not uh, wanted or desired, something that is feared. So Allah says, warn them, warn them with the Qur'an, الَّذِينَ يَخَافُونَ أَنْ يُحْشَرُوا إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ Those who fear being resurrected to their Lord. And who are the ones who fear the resurrection? They are of course the, the ones who truly fear that resurrection, have the love, the fear, the hope. It's in reference here to the Believers, الحشر معناه الجمع لأن الله يجمع الخلائق يوم القيامة أولهم وآخرهم في سعيد واحد لا يخفى منهم أحد لأجل فصل القضاء بينهم وجزائهم بأعمالهم وهذا الموقف لا بد منه فأنت أيها الرسول أنذر المؤمنين بهذا الموقف ولماذا خص المؤمنين لأنهم هم الذين يمتثلون وَإِلَّا فَإِنَّهُ مَأْمُورٌ بِأَنْ يُبَلِّغَ النَّاسِ كُلَّهُمْ وَلَكِنَّهُ أَحْيَانًا يُؤْمَرُ بِتَخْصِيصِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ لِأَنَّهُمْ هُمُ الَّذِينَ يَمْتَثِلُونَ وَفِي إِنْذَارِهِمْ نَفْعٌ لَهُمْ وَأَمَّا الْمُشْرِكُونَ وَالْكُفَّارَ فَهُمْ يُبَلَّغُونَ مِنْ أَجْلِ إِقَامَةِ الْحُجَّةِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَأَمَّا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ فَإِنَّهُمْ يُبَلَّغُونَ مِنْ أَجْلِ نَفْعِهِمْ بِذَلِكَ So here that warning is being given 
the warning is being given and this warning initially mentions anvir bihi to give that warning about the resurrection that is going to occur to warn the believers about that to make them aware about that to alert them regarding that and sometimes you see this that the address is to the believers even though the topic is relevant to believers and non-believers sometimes a topic in the Quran, the Sunnah, something is being mentioned and the theme or the topic of that thing is relevant to the believers and the non-believers but sometimes only the believers are mentioned though why would that be the case when the topic in reality is relevant to both to all of the people, believers and non-believers the resurrection when it occurs and the frights and the terrors that will occur that's gonna happen to everybody resurrected including the kuffar so why sometimes in these kinds of circumstances where it's an open thing relevant to all are only the believers addressed like right at the beginning of the quran alif la mim dhalika al kitabu la rayba fi hudan lil muttaqin that the quran it is a guidance for the muttaqin the people of taqwa whereas we know that the quran is a guidance for all of mankind not just for the people of taqwa it's a guidance for everyone for all of mankind the kafir can pick up the quran be guided by it and accept islam so why does the ayah say it is a guidance for the people of taqwa when in reality the quran is a guidance for all because Because the believers, and in that ayah, the people of taqwa, they are the ones who truly benefit from this, and they are the ones who truly implement what is being said here, what is being mentioned here. So the Qur'an is a guidance for all of mankind, but the ones who truly take that guidance and benefit from it are the people of taqwa. As for the people who lack taqwa, then they reject or, or, or ignore the Qur'an and they are not aware of it and they do not read it and they do not memorize it. But the people of taqwa, they read and learn and understand and practice and benefit. So it's a guidance for all, but the people of taqwa are the ones who take that guidance and benefit. And the same here, warn them all. But the believers, they are the ones who are going to think about this warning and are therefore going to do the necessary actions and preparation for the warning regarding that day. So then Allah tells us that لَيْسَ لَهُمْ مِن دُونِهِ وَلِيٌّ وَلَا شَفِيعٌ That on that day, there will be no other helper, wali. No other helper, wali, meaning nasir, a helper. There will be no other helper, and there will be no other shafi'ah. There will be no other person to intercede and help you on that day. And that is in line with the ayat where Allah mentions, يَوْمَ يَفِرُّ In fact, before we get to the examples, but how do we understand that? That there will be no helper and no shafi'ah. 
when we've just mentioned last week on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, there will be shafa'ah that happens. So there will be someone who is your shafi'ah. So how do we understand this ayah telling us there won't be anybody as your intercessor that day? But there will be believers intercede, children intercede, angels intercede, prophets intercede. But this ayah is telling us you're not going to have anyone intercede. You won't have anyone interceding. La shafi'ah. So how do we combine that and understand that? That there will be no intercessor for you except with the permission of Allah. With the permission of Allah, the believers will have intercession on that day of judgment. But without the permission of Allah, there's no wali for you, there's no shafir for you, there's no one to help you or aid you on that day otherwise. And that's the example of يَوْمَ يَفِرُّ الْمَرْءُ مِنْ أَخِيهِ وَأُمِّهِ وَأَبِيهِ وَصَاحِبَتِهِ وَبَنِيهِ لِكُلِّ مْرِئٍ مِّنْهُمْ يَوْمَئِذٍ شَأْنٌ يُغْنِيهِ Then on that day a person will flee from his brother and his mother and his father and his wife and his children that the people will flee from one another لِكُلِّ مْرِئٍ مِّنْهُمْ يَوْمَئِذٍ شَأْنٌ يُغْنِيهِ Every person on that day will have an affair his affair preoccupying him. His accountability on that day preoccupying him. The terrors and the frights of that day preoccupying him. That they will not be thinking of others. And this is a bit like the narration where Aisha radiallahu anha, she asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam regarding how the people are going to be resurrected and they are going to be naked. She said, would the people not Look and see each other, look at each other. And she was told, on that day the affair is such in severity, nobody will be thinking about looking at others. Everybody will be preoccupied with the level of severity and terror of their own affair on that day. So then he says, وَلَا يشفع له يوم القيامة إلا بإذن الله وبشرط أن يكون هذا الشخص ممن يرضى الله عنه هذه شفاعة منفية فبطل أمر هؤلاء الذين اتخذون شفاعة ويظنون أنهم يخلصونهم يوم القيامة من عذاب الله So those individuals who are taking these intercessors calling upon them now, thinking their dua will be taken for them and they'll be saved on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, then they are of course incorrect in that thinking of theirs, that that intercession is negated and false. It is not by the permission of Allah that they are doing what they are doing. So the intercession that will only be accepted on that day is the one by the permission of Allah, not the intercession of the one committing shirk and calling upon others. The Shaykh gives the example of the Burda, the famous Burda. Ya Akram al-Khalqi Mali, Ya Akram al-Khalqi Mali, Man aludhu bihi. This famous one, Siwaka inda hulul al-Hadith al-Umami. The Burda, the Qasida, where they write, and he writes about calling upon the Messenger, and how the Messenger is going to save him, and who can I call upon beside you? when the affairs and the calamities occur, 
All of this, it's narrated by the scholars, it's mentioned in their books, the, the books of the Sufis and their likes. This is all a, a form of intercession that is not permitted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, raising the messenger to a level above what Allah has prescribed in the first place, calling upon him and seeking intercession via him, saying that he is going to save you and he is the one that you return to when the calamity and the difficulty occurs. The Shaykh says, هذا على اعتقاد المشركين أن الرسول يأخذ بيده ويخلصه من النار That this is upon the aqeedah of the mushrikeen. That they would believe, or this type of belief that some of them have now, that the messenger is going to take them and save them from the fire. وهذا ليس بصحيح And this is not correct. Allah will not, uh, the messenger will not, take them and save them from the fire. None of that will occur except by the permission of Allah for the people of Iman only. And then, the second ayah, وَقَوْلِهِ قُلْ لِلَّهِ الشَّفَاعَةُ جَمِيعًا Say that all of the shafa'ah, the intercession, is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That all of that shafa'a belongs to him. That nobody has any other right to the shafa'a. It is all from Allah by the permission of Allah and it does not exist otherwise. And that is part of the ayah. أَمِتَّخَذُوا مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ شُفَاعًا قُلْ أَوَلَوْ كَانُوا لَا يَمْلِكُونَ شَيْئًا وَلَا يَعْقِلُونَ قُلْ لِلَّهِ الشَّفَاعَةُ جَمِيعًا لَهُ مُلْكُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ ثُمَّ إِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ That have they taken besides Allah intercessors, that even though they do not control anything, and they do not perceive, rather say Allah to Him is all the shafa'a, and to Him is the dominion of the heavens and the earth, and to Him you will all return. There is no shafa'a from others besides Allah. The shafa'a belongs to Allah, is the right of Allah, and it can only be sought from Allah. So here it mentions the act of the mushrikun, that they took others besides Allah as intercessors, and those others, they do not control that intercession. They do not have the control and the ability and the power to give intercession. Rather, that is from Allah alone, so it is to be sought from Allah alone. All of these evidences, they apply to the actions that the Muslims or some of the people they fall into these days, going to the graves of the deceased and calling upon them. When they go to uh, Al-Masjid al-Nabawi, they want to go and call upon the Prophet and the Messenger, they want to wipe on the walls around his grave, they want to throw in letters and other things. All of that from this type of false belief emanates from these types of incorrect forms of aqidah, believing that the messenger is going to save you, and you're going to ask for the intercession from him now, rather that is on yawm al-qiyamah by the permission of Allah. And then, and also in that ayah, قُلْ لِلَّهِ أَشَّفَاعَةُ جَمِيعًا لِلَّهِ In the Arabic grammar, that is the khabar. It is muqaddam here to indicate al-hasr. That in the Arabic language indicates a restriction that certainly all intercession is only for Allah. 
only for Allah. Dalillah, it is the khabar muqaddam here. And then, man dhalladhi yashfa'u indahu illa bi'ithnih. Who is it that can seek intercession with him except with his permission? And of course, we all know that this is a section from Ayatul Al-Kursi. Man dhalladhi yashfa'u indahu illa bi'ithnihi. An Ayatul Kursi, as you know, hiya a'adhamu ayah fi kitabillah. It is the greatest ayah in the book of Allah. And it is sunnah to recite, to read ayatul kursi multiple times every day. How many times a day is it sunnah to recite ayatul kursi? Six times? Five, seven, twice. Eight, mashallah. So eight, go ahead then, that's a big number. Where's the eight? So after each prayer, that makes five. Once in the morning, with the morning adhkar, generally in the morning. Once in the evening, with the evening adhkar, generally in the evening. That makes altogether seven. And then the eighth one is before going to sleep. Sunnah to recite it eight times in the day. And uh, we've mentioned it before, Ibn, uh, uh, Ibn Taymiyyah. Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned about the virtues of Ayatul Kursi and the, the, the great and tremendous meanings within Ayatul Kursi. It has multiple names and attributes of Allah within it. When you study names and attributes like Wasatiyah, those kinds of books, Ayatul Kursi is in there and it has not just one or two, multiple, multiple names and attributes of Allah within Ayatul Kursi. Such that Ibn Taymiyyah said in the olden days when the magicians would be flying on their carpets with the jinn carrying them, the jinn would be carrying the carpets, magician sat on top of them flying. Ibn Taymiyyah mentioned a person of Iman a person of strength in iman and understanding of the names and attributes of Allah and of ayatul kursi, that he would recite ayatul kursi upon that magician and they would fall. The, the shayateen, the jinn, would not be able to handle the recitation of ayatul kursi. They would flee from that, the carpet and the magician would fall from the recitation of ayatul kursi of a man of iman upon them. So in Ayatul Kursi it mentions مَنْ ذَا الَّذِي يَشْفَاعُ عِنْدَهُ إِلَّا بِإِذْنِهِ Who is it that can intercede with him, with Allah, except by his permission? فَهُوَ الَّذِي يَأْذَنْ لِلشُّفَاعَ أَنْ يَشْفَاعُ So he is the one who permits the intercedors to intercede, if that is a word. وَبِدُونِ إِذْنِهِ لَا يُمْكِنْ لِأَحَدٍ أَنْ يَشْفَعَ أَبَدًا And without his permission, then it is not possible for anyone to intercede ever. لَلْأَنْبِيَاءِ Not even for the prophets to do it without the permission of Allah. وَلَلْمَلَائِكَةِ Neither the angels, وَلَلْأَوْلِيَاءِ وَلَلْصَالِحِينَ 
Neither the awliya, the righteous, the friends of Allah, as they say, the people of taqwa, the righteous, the awliya, the salihin, none of them would be able to do any intercession, was it not for the permission of Allah first? So the intercession does not occur except by the permission of Allah. This therefore, Raddun ala al-mushrikeen, is a refutation upon the mushrikeen, الَّذِينَ اتَّخَذُوا الشُّفَعَاءَ بِدُونِ إِذْنِهِ سُبْحَانَهُ تَعَالَى فِي ذَلِكَ The mushrikeen who took intercessors from their idols and trees and stones and whatever, even the awliya and the salihin, they took these intercessors for themselves with no permission from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon this course of action of theirs. وَزَعَمُوا أَنَّ هَؤُلَاءِ شُفَاعًا يَقُومُونَ بِمَا يُرِيدُونَ مِنْهُمْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ And then they believe that these intercessors, these awliya, the maulana, that they are going to do what they are requesting of them. They are going to take their dua to Allah for them. وَلِذَلِكَ صَرَفُوا لَهُمْ الْعِبَادَةِ And because of that belief they have, that these dead people in the graves or the mushrikun with their trees and stones and whatever, that they will be able to take their dua to Allah for them and have their dua answered. Because of that belief, they then go and do other forms of worship to these dead and to the graves and to the shrines in sacrificing for them and vowing to them and doing tawaf around their graves. Tawaf. As the scholars have mentioned, as Shaykh Abdul Muhsin, he used to mention, Tawaf is an act of worship that is only legislated in one place. The Kaaba. Tawaf is an act of worship that is only legislated in one place. At the Kaaba. Is there any sunnah to do Tawaf anywhere else? In any other place? The act of worship of Tawaf is it obligated or legislated in any other location other than in the Kaaba, at the Kaaba? It is not. So then the Shaykh used to say, it is amazing when we see in Al-Masjid al-Nabawi, Al-Masjid al-Nabawi, you have the mosque and then you have the big courtyard all the way around it with the umbrellas and everything. That courtyard then has an outer wall, an outer perimeter, then all the hotels and everything. So in that outer perimeter, the courtyard around the building of the mosque, people do tawaf around al-Masjid al-Nabawi. They do tawaf around al-Masjid al-Nabawi. La yajus, haram. You see them, that they are walking around, and then they come back around, and then you follow them, you can see all the way around the mosque, they are walking around. They are, walk, they are doing tawaf around al-Masjid al-Nabawi. Shaykh al-Muslim used to mention, and it's haram, of course, impermissible, this act, completely outside of any legislation. Tawaf is only at the Kaaba. So they, the mushrikun, even do the tawaf at the graves of the people, at the shrines and the tombs. يَطُوفُونَ بِالْقُبُورِ وَيَتَبَرَّكُونَ بِهَا وَيَتَمَسْحُونَ بِتُرَابِهَا And they seek barakah from the shrines and the tombs of these dead. And they wipe the dirt and the soil of that area. وَبِجْدُرَانِهَا And the walls, and they do this as well at the grave of the Prophet ﷺ. When they get to that area, they want to wipe 
the walls. They think there's barakah in the Judran, in the walls around the grave of the Prophet. Nothing. It doesn't exist. There is no barakah like that. The walls, they want to come and do that. And the mushrikun, they used to do this in the graves and the, the shrines and the tombs. All of these actions, impermissible. فَيَتَبَرَّكُونَ بِهَا وَيَتَمَسَّحُونَ بِتُرَابِهَا وَبِجُدْرَانِهَا يَعْبُدُونَهَا مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ لِأَنَّهُمْ يَقُولُونَ هَؤُلَاءِ شُفَعَاؤُنَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ تَرَكُوا اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلُ وَعَبَدُوا غَيْرَهِ فَعَمَلُهُمْ هَذَا حَابِطٌ بَاطِلٌ لِأَنَّهُمْ يَضَعُونَهُ فِي غَيْرِ مَحَلِّهِ وَقَاسُوا الْخَالِقَ عَلَى الْمَخْلُوقِ So then they do all of that worship and they say, but these are only our intercessors with Allah, our intermediaries to Allah. And so, in reality, they have abandoned the worship of Allah, making dua directly to Allah, and instead they've done that worship to others besides Allah. And that is, of course, shirk from them, an action impermissible, nullified, invalidated. And that is because of that misunderstanding of theirs, in comparing Allah to the way creation works and the leaders of creation work, where you are in need of intercessors to get access to them. Then after that, the ayah says, وَقَوْلِهِ وَكَمْ مِنْ مَلَكٍ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ لَا تُغْنِي شَفَاعَتُهُمْ شَيْئًا إِلَّا مِنْ بَعْدِ أَنْ يَأْذَنَ اللَّهُ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيَرْضَى So then in this ayat now mentions, and how many the come here, known as the come al-khabariyyah, indicating that there are many, and how many from the angels in the heavens, la tughni shafa'atuhum shay'an, even their intercession will not be of any benefit, illa except with the conditions مِنْ بَعْدِ أَنْ يَأْذَنَ اللَّهِ الشَّرْطُ الْأَوَّلِ وَالثَّانِي وَيَرْضَى Except after the permission of Allah and the pleasure of Allah for the one interceding and the one who the intercession is being made for. وَيَرْضَى بِالشَّافِعِ وَالْمَشْفُوعِ So this indicates that even the angels in the heavens and the scholars have mentioned including even the Hamalatul Arsh, the angels that carry the throne of Allah, even them, their intercession would be of no benefit if it was not by the permission of Allah and by the pleasure of Allah upon who it's being done for. So Allah gives permission to the one interceding and is pleased with the one who the intercession is being done for, that is what is required in order for that intercession to be valid. So it's possible on that day, there are believers from the people of Tawheed who deserve punishment for other sins that they've done. But the intercession that occurs as a consequence of that by the permission of Allah 
it benefits them and they may be removed from the punishment. We mentioned last time, there are scholars who've mentioned one type of the intercession that occurs on that day is the intercession for the muwahidun, the people of Tawheed, who deserved to go to the hellfire because of other sins. A person of Tawheed may go to the hellfire for other sins, but then eventually they are removed. So there are some people on that day from the muwahidun who deserved the hellfire with their balance, etc. But intercession occurs, and as a consequence of that intercession, even though they deserved hellfire, they do not enter the hellfire. They are saved from it, and they enter paradise. So that intercession benefits them. And there were other examples we gave about believers who enter paradise, and then via intercession they may be elevated and raised in their ranks in paradise. There's the example of the father who is raised and he says, How? Why was I raised? And it is said, Because of the dua your son made for you, the dua your child made for you. Intercession via that, and he is raised. Fadalla ala anna al-amra kullahu lillahi subhanahu wa ta'ala wa tutlabu shafa'atu wa ghayruha min Allah wa la yuta'allaku ala ghayrihi وَلَا تُصْرَفُ الْعِبَادَةُ إِلَّا لَهُ وَلَا يُدْعَى إِلَّا هُوَ وَلَا يَجُوزِ اتِّخَاذَ الْوَسَائِطِ بَيْنَ الْخَلْقِ وَبَيْنَ اللَّهِ فِي قَضَاءِ الْحَاجَاتِ وَتَفْرِيجِ الْكُرُبَاتِ وَإِجَابَةِ الدَّعْوَاتِ لَا يَجُوزُ هَذَا إِنَّمَا الْعِبَادِ يَجِبُ عَلَيْهِ مَنْ يَتَوَجَّهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ فِي عِبَادَاتِهِمْ فِي دَعْوَاتِهِمْ وَفِي سَائِرِ أُمُورِهِمْ So it is not permissible to take intercessors, intermediaries, saying they are going to take my dua to Allah for me. Rather, you make your dua directly to Allah. You uh, call upon Allah directly with your supplications, with your dua, with the affairs that you need aid and assistance with, with the calamities that you wish to exit from. All of those affairs, you make your dua directly to Allah. وَمُهِمَّةُ الرَّسُولِ هِيَا التَّبْلِيغَ عَنِ اللَّهِ أما أنهم يكونون وسطاء بين الله وبين خلقه في قضاء الحوائج فهذا أمر باطل. The prophets and messengers, their responsibility was to convey the message to the believers or to the people. To convey the message, it was not their responsibility that they are now intermediaries for the people to have their needs resolved and to have their du'as answered that they go through the prophets and messengers for their du'as to be answered. The prophets and messengers were not sent with that responsibility or with that title. Rather, they were sent to convey the da'wah, to convey tawheed. And that tawheed dictates that a person calls upon Allah directly and does not call upon intermediaries to get to Allah. Allah mentioned in the Qur'an, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ ادْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ And your Lord said, call upon me directly, and I will answer you. And in the hadith, the famous hadith, Mutawatir, يَنزِلُ رَبُّنَا سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى كُلَّ لَيْلَةٍ إِلَى سَمَاءِ الدُّنْيَا فَيَقُولَ هَلْ مِنْ سَائِلٍ فَأَعْطِيهِ هَلْ مِنْ دَاعٍ فَأَسْتَجِيبُ لَهِ هَلْ مِنْ مُسْتَغْفِرٍ فَأَغْفِرُ لَهِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends to the heaven of this earth, 
meaning the lowest heaven, in the last third of the night, every night. And then he says, is there anyone asking so I can give him? Is there anybody uh, making dua and I can respond to him? Is there anyone seeking forgiveness and I will forgive him? فَالْبَابُ مَفْتُوحٌ بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَ اللَّهِ لِمَاذَ هَذَا تَعْرِيشٌ The door is open between yourself and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So why do you need this diversion to go through the dead and to go through the graves? And Allah mentioned, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِ عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِي إِذَا دَعَانِ That if my servants ask you about me, then I am close and I answer the dua of the one who calls upon me. That is where we'll conclude today. The rest of the chapter and the evidences, we'll finish them off next week, insha'Allah ta'ala. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam.